Hello, Saubona, how's it, Molo, Jumbo, and welcome to the Everyday Nation Podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. And I just felt like that's what God wants to do this morning, that he wants us to know that he is our hope, he is our refuge. As we are starting a new series today for the next three Sundays, we are just focusing our hearts on building the nation. And this song reminds us that we can never build the nation without God. We can never build the nation without understanding that God is our refuge. Amen. So good morning, church. Uh, it's an awesome morning. Uh, yeah, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's, let's close our eyes. Father, we thank you for this time. We give you the glory. Have your way. Minister to us. Speak. Move my lips, Lord. In the name of Jesus, prepare our hearts. We silent every voice right now that is here to steal your word. In the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that let there be peace that surpasses all understanding in this house. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Here, sure. church, as we, were, as we were praying, I saw, I had a vision, and I saw us walking in water. And no, no. So it's like the water opened, like just here. It's like it opened and we walked in. And I was, I was asking the Lord as we're praying that, Lord, where are we going to? Because it's probably far to America. You know, it's not like Israel when they cross the Red Sea. So as we're praying, I'm like, Lord, where are we walking to? And as we're walking, I saw the water closing behind us. And then I saw a circle. We were in the center of the ocean. And God was just showing me that we have got to depend on him. Now, when you are in the middle of the ocean, there's nowhere to go. And you've got nowhere else to depend to besides where you are. And as we're, as we're worshiping, I, I, I saw people looking at the ocean and they had total dependence on God. They were like, Lord, you control the ocean. You control everything around us. We are in you inside this place. And I just want to encourage you that this is what God is doing in our nation today. This is what God is doing this morning, that he is calling us to a place of depending on him. He is calling us to a place of looking around us and seeing that the water can come in, but we know that he is God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly. He is God who protects us, and we are in the middle of this ocean. So, may we receive that word from the Lord. Amen. Amen. As we're approaching the elections, uh, it's been 25 years uh, since 1994, and we praise the Lord for that. Jesus has been Lord since 1994. Hallelujah. Uh, We thank the goodness of the Lord. Even before the 1994, Jesus was Lord. Amen. Yeah, we thank God for that. And uh, for the next, next uh, years to come, he will still be Lord. So he is not changed by 94 or 96 or 2000. He remains Lord right through. And yeah, that's, that's the joy of the Lord. He never changes. He's the same yesterday. He's still the same God. His word is still as relevant as it was uh, in 1989 when some of you people were born. <laughs> so... So this morning, we are aligning ourselves with the vision of God, church. You know, there's something amazing about being a Christian. And a friend of mine was asking me, and actually he was writing on WhatsApp, and he was saying, 
what's the difference between being a Christian or not being a Christian? And he argued on his status as a lot, and he wanted me to respond. I said, I'll respond after Sunday. Uh, I'll just keep screen grabbing your statuses. But he was raising a valid point, which I want us to ask ourselves this morning, that you are a Christian, then so what? You know, you are a family that believes in God, and then so what? Then, then what's the difference? You are an employee or an employer who's a Christian, you're a businessman who's a Christian, and then, then what? What's the difference between you and my political friend or my friend who's in the army or my friend who's an atheist? Do you understand? What's the difference between me and you? Oh, yes, Jesus died for me on the cross. Hallelujah. And then what? Oh, he rose again the third day. And then what? And then what? How do we know what's the difference between you and the person sitting next to you? And that's the question we need to ask ourselves. That are we going to live this thing called Christianity to the fullest and see its fullness in us? Or we will be people who just know it because we heard about it. It is something to know Christianity. It is something to live Christianity. Now, the argument continued in my heart that, I think, I don't remember who said that, but, but he was saying, we are Christians until we know scripture. And then we continued with the discussion. Then I said, we are Christians until we do scripture. It is something to know Psalm 23. It is another thing to live Psalm 23. It is something else when your car is spinning and it rolls off the road and you've lost control and you're like, Lord, have your way. That's a different scenario. It is something else when you are unemployed for six months to a year and you have to read Psalm 23 and live Psalm 23. It is something else when you have a child in your house who has been sick for six months or so and you still trust in God than to know the scripture. And church, this morning, I want to invite you that if we want to see our nation change, it starts with us Christians. It will not start with people who are not Christians. It will not start with us Christians who know the word and say the word, but don't do the word. People have got to come and ask you, why are you like this? Why did you not say that? Why did you not say anything when I said that? We have one, people in your office space, people in the marketplace must come to you and say, why are you still so positive? And then you tell them that you know what? Because Jesus is Lord. Because I am trying to live this word. I have never seen God being God in my business, but I want to see him being God. People must, you, some of us, we do not have the guts to go to people and say, hey, I'm born again, Jesus is Lord, blah, blah, blah. Praise God for that. Then our actions are going to show, are going to show that. Then people are going to ask, why? There's a friend of mine in this church. He asked me two weeks ago that, Sobs, how do you do it? There's business, you're an engineer, and you've got two awesome babies, you have one wife, praise the Lord, and <laughs> you love the Lord so much, but you are still standing. So when I responded to him, I couldn't respond, so he texted me and I had to call him. And I was like, Chap, I've never reflected the way you've asked me. And every time I looked back, I just saw God, 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 God. And I still could not explain to him how. I still could not explain. So he was like, no, man, sobs. Let's get to practical. I also have two children. Let's get to the detail. I was like, chap, I would say my wife is very supportive. I would say I don't sleep, but I can't. 
I can't. I will be lying to you if I said I knew why. And every time I looked back, I saw God, 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 God. And then a song in my heart stirred that Nam Tango Si Diamangala Umangi Pega Emufa. So I am amazed when I look back of what the Lord has done in my life. And church, that is what I'm inviting you to this morning. That experience God for yourself. I always say to people that, actually this is what I said to God when he called us uh, to serve him. This is what I said to him. I was like, Lord, I will never preach something that I do not know myself. And my prayer is that, Father, I want to see this word working in me such that even if there's no Bible, I will still believe there's a God. And ever since I made that prayer, I have been seeing the hand of God in my life like it's nobody's business. And that's what I'm inviting you this morning. And that is what God is saying this morning. Take the word, put it to test. It will never fail you. It will never fail you. It has, it has not failed me today. Amen. Amen. So we're going to elections. We're going to elections and some of you have decided not to vote. Praise the Lord. <laughs> we're going to deal with that later. But praise the Lord for that decision because God has brought you to the right place. Uh, some of you have decided to vote. And some of you have got a spouse like mine in the previous elections where she was voting for another party and I was voting for another party. <laughs> and I'm like, baby, who's the head of this house? You know, we vote for who I vote for in this house. You know, so some of you are like that. We praise the good Lord for those people because the Lord is going to deal with them today. Amen. Because the word is like a double-edged sword. It leaves no stone unturned. Hallelujah. And some of you have got children, you know, who are ready to vote. And the father and mother have agreed to vote A. And the children are like, no, we're voting B. And the other child, the last born, is saying, I'm voting C. So that's the dynamic we're in. Some of you believe that it's unbiblical to vote. Praise the Lord for so, so many people uh, that are being exposed this morning. Some people believe that we have never seen elections in the Bible. This was me before I sat with Pastor Wayne uh, some time ago. <laughs> believe that in, in the kingdom of God, it's only the king, there are no parties there. And some of you uh, believe that because of what happened in, in the past, therefore I am loyal. Or because of what might happen in the future, this is the decision I'm making. So we are going to trust God briefly to align us to his thinking. Because his thinking is more important than our thinking. That is why a worshiper sings that your ways are higher than mine. Your, you know, his thoughts are greater than ours. So this morning I want us to dive into his thoughts. That, okay, Lord, this is what we're thinking in this world you, you've put us in. What are you thinking, Lord? You know, so can we, can we see what God thinks? Yeah. Is that fine? Yeah. All right, cool. So Romans 12, 2. The first thing the Bible says, the first light, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, uh, is his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Amen. Now, Paul here says, do not conform to the pattern. So, what is a pattern? A pattern to some of us who did not go straight to sub A, 
uh, who went to reception, and maybe in Sabah it was done. A pattern is what recurs. It's when you put it down, you must always keep up and down. So your mathematicians will know the pattern, but a pattern, it's, 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 if you do this, this will happen. If you treat me this way, this is how I must treat you. That's a pattern. That's how the world functions. That if a party A doesn't do B, therefore the pattern says I must go to party D. If party A doesn't do C or meet their promises, the pattern says leave them. But you never leave chiefs. Eh? You always stay with chiefs, uh, the soccer, but you always stay there. But that's the pattern. Whether your Manchester scores or it doesn't score, you still stay because that's the pattern that the world has created. And yet Paul is saying, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Hallelujah. And now I, I want you to take that scripture home, that what does it mean for you? What have you conformed into such that you need to allow your mind to be transformed by the renewing of your mind? So we were traveling to Johannesburg, and these friends of mine, you will always hear friends in my thinking because I, I, I love spending time with people. So friends of mine were traveling, and we said... Renewing your mind, it's like tuning in to heaven station. So God is done changing the world, eh? He finished that long ago. So it is for us to tune in to the station where God is speaking. You can choose to listen to another station, Metro FM, FM, praise the Lord for stations, but there's a station we need to tune into and listen to heaven because God is done working. Now, when we listen to that station, that is where we take what is ours and we start seeing and, and, and we start implementing it. What also we need to understand, for 20 years or so, you were not born again, some of you. Some of you, 10 years, you were not born again. Now, it's, your subconscious is used to the pattern of the world. Now, the doctors are looking at me, praise the Lord. They are waiting for me to be on point with whatever I'll say now. So, that means your subconscious, when you're changing your gear to those who have licenses, driver's license, you don't tell your mind to go to gear one or two because your subconscious knows the pattern of the car. So it's the same thing with Christianity. It may take the next 10 years for you to finally your mind to be renewed. The more you press into the word, the more it works in you. The more you don't even think about forgiveness, the more forgiveness just flows because it's who you are. The more you stop repenting about whatever you are doing because you have allowed your mind to be transformed. So it takes time. It takes time. So this is why Paul mentions this, that we've got to be transformed. So that means transformation for us, it means we've got to allow our minds to be renewed at all times. And the only way to renew our minds, it is us tuning in the word of God at all times. We can never do it without tuning into the word of God. The next slide says, Ephesians 6, 2. For we struggle, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the, this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of, of evil in the heavenly realms. Church, the issue, and I have been in trouble with this many times, and praise the Lord that I'm here now, there's no trouble in the house of the Lord, hallelujah. You know, so, but the issue this verse to me is highlighting, it's not an issue of whether you are black or you're white. 
The issue is because you are a Christian, we are not dealing with issues of flesh and blood, but we are dealing with issues beyond us. So therefore, when we are fighting each other, we, we as Christians need to change how we see things. That it is not about another race, it is not about another tribe. Yes, it doesn't change what the other race has done to you. But because you are a Christian, remember, because you know better, remember, you change your fight. That I hear you, I will walk away. I hear you, I will forgive you, and I will speak to you when I'm calm down, when I'm calm. I used to work for a company in PE. It was a white-owned company. And we came in, there were four, we were four engineers, and two of us, one was colored, I was the only closer one, black one, if I may say, and the, the other two gentlemen were white. I was given admin work for my entire time I was there. And the other white boys were given real projects. Now you can imagine what that does to you. You are here to do your in-service training, and you are all graduating in the same institution, and you are not given projects. And I remember at that time, my pastor advised me and said, Sobs, lean on God. Lean on God. To cut the story short, at that time, I humbled myself, as painful as it was, because now you are both graduating next year, and I'm worried that I may not graduate. And by the time we finished my in-service training, I was the only person in all in-service trainees who sat with the director of the company. Now, now, here's what I want you to see here. That the hand of God does not care which color of the skin there is for your destiny. The hand of God doesn't care whether you vote for party A or for party B. God will do what he wants to do if you surrender. God will do what you do if you submit to his will. What did his will say to me at that time? It said, humble yourself and do what you are asked to do. That did not mean to not challenge what is being done, but humble yourself respectfully. I'm telling you guys, the gentleman was a governor. Praise God for governors. He called me and he asked me and he said, Sobs, what do you think we should do? Based on what you've captured, what is your recommendation? Now you are asking an in-service trainee. And I said, I don't know. And I said, I oh, don't know. And then he invited me thereafter to a director's meeting to come and sit in. I will be honest with you, I refused it. Because I could not see myself sitting with directors as an in-service trainee. Now that I'm a director, I can go and sit with them. Do you understand? But my point is, God has no color. Our role, we need to play our Christian role and submit to the word of God. Amen. So we are peacemakers. I was watching a video yesterday, Sham. It's big, guys, this race issue in our country, and it's, it's very big. I was, there are many videos trending of uh, race against race, race against race. And uh, recently I was at a macro store, and I was caught in that moment. There's this uh, old uh, other race guy, and he saw me standing, and he walked by, and he went to the till, and he's like, why are you standing? I'm like, no, they've even called me because there's that thing, I believe I was educated, hallelujah, you know, you are called to go, you understand? And then they'll never call you. And then he went, and I was fuming inside. 
you know, because every race inside of me was coming up. Ah, Jesus! You know, and there was a man who was similar to my race behind me, and he's like, it's these people that they are so impatient. And he was pumping me. He was pumping me that this thing must come out. You know? And I stood. You know, I just stood. I went to the other till, and I walked out. Now, the lady who was assisting me to another till, she was like, do you see you were the first one to leave before them? Even though they and I was like, it's just okay, it's fine. I was still fuming. And then I had to deal with my heart when I got to the car. Do you understand? So I'm just trying to show you something, church, that we have got to be Christians. There has got to be a difference. It doesn't mean that we must not address issues. But if you know that anger is going to come out, then you keep quiet. But if you know that peace is going to come out, then you speak peace. At that time, at that time, at that time, I knew that peace was not going to come out. Hell was going to break loose. So I choose to keep quiet. Amen. I don't master that all the time. But it's work in progress. I'm feeding my subconscious that come a time where you will do something to me, I'll just invite you for dinner immediately after doing what you've done. Maybe next time if I see that guy, I will tell him, hey, here's an invite to my home. You know. Yeah. Next slide. Let's hear what uh, the big father said. Uh, the next slide, uh, A.V. Uh, it's before this one. Yeah. The message of reconciliation, of nation building, of granting honesty, indemnity, has struck a powerful, favorable chord. And people can understand that we are here not for purpose of retribution, but to forget the past and build our country. The next slide. So we, we have to choose. And there have been many issues around uh, what uh, Nelson Mandela did and what he did not do, what he did behind the scenes. But what I loved about this was we have to build our country. And as a church, the Lord this morning is inviting us to build our country with him. And yes, it happened, but how do we address it moving forward? How do we address it and partake? And that is why we've got elections coming up. Slide five. Colossians 1, 15 to 16. The Son is the image of God, of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. So for us to build the nation we want to build, for us to think 40 years from now, we have got to understand that we do not exist for ourselves, but we were made for God and in God. If we miss this part, I invite you to take this down and go and meditate on it and, and, and soak yourself in it and understand that you are not your own, but you belong to God. There's a king, you are part of a kingdom. If you get that right, when you walk into the ballot station. You are walking with a transformed mind. That father, whatever decision I make here, I am making it because I am your child and because you are my father. And this is part of the essence of being a Christian, that we understand who we are and our identity. Let's look at God's vision because if we are to build a future, we cannot build a future without understanding the vision of the creator. Now, praise the good Lord that we are here because we believe there's a God. 
And that is why we're here. And if you do not believe there's a God, we can meet and we can meet for tea and for coffee. We will believe that there is a God, there's a creator. Let's look at the creator's vision. Genesis 1, 28. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule, the fi- rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and every living creature that moves on the ground. So God here made, he's the creator, so he then says, subdue it, rule the earth. So at that time, you need to understand, before the fall of man, Adam and Eve were like, they were in the same WhatsApp group with God. They did not have to dial or any speed dial, God was here. So God's intention was for us to rule the earth. Who to rule the earth? Christians to rule the earth. People who are made in his image to rule the earth. What do we have today? Everyone is ruling the earth. And it's a certain percentage of Christians to rule the earth. That means, that is why now Jesus, next slide, had to come in and say, hey, the agenda has not changed. If you look at Matthew 28, Jesus comes in. He's like, Dad, I've got this. I've got this. Send me to earth. I need to realign some matters. That what you wanted in Genesis, it has not changed. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. So it's, it's not only South Africa. It's not only Africa. All nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So if you see here, all nations, the earth. If you see Genesis, it was still the earth. So God's agenda has not changed. So what does this then mean for us as Christians? It means that when we partake in debates, praise the good Lord for debates, when we go and vote, when we align our families, whether the wife is saying A, children are saying B, when we align those thoughts, we need to ask ourselves, does this decision align with the vision of God? Because now we belong to this vision. Does this, will, if I vote for EFG. I almost said something, Lord. I, I was, now, you see your minds, you need to work on your minds, you people. But if I, if I vote for party X, is this in line with the vision of God? That's the question we need to ask ourselves. Now, how do you do that? Thank God that we are all educated. We read values and we look at the leaders, but we're going to talk more about that next week. But the point is, for us to build a nation, we have got to understand the vision of God. So the question then is, it is not about which party you vote for. That is irrelevant to God. And also, it is not about your past. Yes, the past has to be dealt with, but it is, but it is about God's vision. Now, that's Christianity when it comes to nation building. That, Father, we see all of this, but what is your will? Yes, we see this, we see that. Yes, yes, Lord, I've got issues that I still need to deal with. I have people to forgive. What is your will? That is all that matters. And I'm not here to tell you which party to vote for or which party not to vote for. But all I'm here to tell you, between the ballot paper and you, it will only be you and God there. And I'm here to invite you to partner with God. And you've got to understand his vision. If you are going to vote. Because here's what's happening. In 10 years from now, me personally, I've got a dream for my children in line with God's vision. 
And I have to think in 10 years from now, 20 years from now, in 40 years from now. Let's keep going. The next slide. So two things that are going to be critical for us to build a nation. We have got to align ourselves with the word. We need to ask the word of God. My introduction was, we are Christians. There has got to be a difference. And secondly, we need to position ourselves for service. That's what we need to do. Let us look. Now, praise the good Lord. You know, you know, you know the Bible, guys, is very beautiful. And I, I wish you can see it for its beauty. The Bible is beautiful, my friends. Um, and I, without this book, I don't think we could have any beauty in this world. This is the manual we live by as Christians. And the more we spend time on this, the more it changes us. Now, we saw the first elections taking place in the Bible. How good is God? You know? And let's look at how they started doing elections in the Bible. Just maybe as a guide for some of us that if we are to live by this word, how are we supposed to elect leaders? Let's look at Exodus 18.21. Next slide. So Jethro... Moses' father-in-law said to Moses, this is the first, so this was the first time we saw leaders elected. He said, select capable men. Say capable men. From all the people. Say men who fear God. Trustworthy. Men who hate dishonest gain. And appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, and fifties, and tens. So this is the first time we see leaders being elected. And I'm just presenting this to you as a guide, that this is what the word of God believes in. And if we are a chosen generation, and if we are Christians, may we align ourselves with what the word is saying. It did not only end there. Let's look at the next slide, the book of Acts, where leaders were chosen again. Book of Acts, chapter 6. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men, from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them. This proposal pleased this proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is the criteria I have seen so far in how we choose leaders in the Bible. And at this point in time, I wish I can tell you who have I zoomed in, who meets this car. I haven't. Okay, so I will leave it to you. Between you and God, when you prayerfully prepare for the 8th of May, that Father, show me people who live according to this. Because if we are Christians, we need to live according to the word of God. Let's look at the last way of selecting. Let's look at David appointed by God. I'm going to fast forward this. I'm going to go to the next slide. Uh, the next slide, my friend. The next slide. There we go. So, so here, Samuel was sent by God to go and find a king. And Samuel gets there and he assumes, he thinks that it was David's brothers. I think we all know the story. And he saw these people who was tall. Someone was like this, blah, blah, blah. But the Bible says, the Lord does not look at the things people look at. Remember now Paul said in the beginning, do not conform to the pattern of this world. So there's, there's a pattern the world follows to select leaders or to select parties. 
And God says here, the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So as we go and prepare for the elections, may we ask God that, Father, lead me. Show me. Because, because you can see the outward appearance. Promises met, promises not met. Wearing nice and don't don, driving don't don, meeting with people, buying groceries. Praise the Lord for all of that. But do we see the heart? And it is only God who sees the heart. And we thank God that he guided Samuel here. There were many times Samuel was making mistakes, but, God, but then God said, this is the one. So may we align ourselves with the word of God. May we be attentive to God's voice. May we ask God to open our eyes to see what he sees. It is not about party church, but it is about the word of God. And that is what will separate us. You look at the next slide, 2 Thessalonians 2.10. It says, they perish because they refused to love the truth and so be saved. God has given us life and death. We will choose. It is up to us to decide what we want. And that's the joy of the, Lord, the God we serve. He gives us a choice. But he is also a God whose hand is not short, nor tall, nor, nor long to pull us back into his will. Church, my encouragement this morning is, may we take this thing and leave it. You know, you, you know when you take the Bible, I had a vision this year and what God wants to do in my life. He said, Sobs, you, you need to put the Bible in front of you like this. Where the word goes, you go. It turns, you turn. It says stop, you stop. May we be those people who say, Father, what is your word this morning? I'm going to work. I'm meeting my colleagues. What is your word this morning? May we be those people that I'm going to my connect group. What is your word this morning? I am having a business meeting. What is your word this morning? May the word be our anchor. Not me, but the word of God. And that is what God is inviting us into. May you have quiet time with God. My wife and I, we can't have quiet time at home for now. We haven't found the revelation of the right slot. Because someone prefers night, someone prefers morning. Praise the Lord. But what we do is we read the word on our way to work every morning. And we've been consistent with that so far. Maybe you need to read the word before you get to the office on your way to work. Fortunately, she reads, I listen. And we re repeat the word together. And we pray over the word. May we be people who read the word of God. And align ourselves with the word of God. Amen, church. Amen. Amen. Next slide. So, the next point. We need to be prepared to be used by God. Can you please say used by God? Nothing is as beautiful as being used by God. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Recently, we were on national radio. Uh, hello, national radio. Uh, <clears throat> so, we were on national radio. Ne? Uh, so, and I thank God for that. Now, to those who are my friends on WhatsApp, you probably have seen my status. We had approached the radio station last year. And it told us many monies we could not afford because we're a startup business. I'm telling you this week, they contacted us. Not because they remembered us, because they saw how well our marketing was doing. And they were like, we want people to hear your story. True story. And I was amazed. I was like, wow. So there was a time where I was excited, the fact that I was on radio. 
And then God said, and then I was reminded that, hey, I'm actually excited because I saw the hand of God moving. I saw the hand of God moving. They came to, they even forgot that they said they would charge us for that slot. And after that, we got many calls. So now that for me was like, Lord, I think I love this business thing, hey? If you're going to keep showing yourself like this, I love this space because I'm enjoying what he's doing. Maybe some of you are in academics and you've seen the hand of God moving there. And stay there. Stay there. Let us long to see God moving. I'm going to close with this book, the book of Daniel. I want us to go, all of us, in the book of Daniel. I've tried to do some screenshots. The next slide, A.V. Okay, we must prepare the next one. The next one, yes. So I hope you'll be able to follow with me, but I'd like to encourage you to please read the book of Daniel, chapter 1 and chapter 2. So what we see there, let me just open my Bible here. We've got to prepare ourselves to be used by God. Uh, Okay. All right. So in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. Now, here's what I want you to understand here. Jehoiakim, whatever that word is, praise the Lord. Jehoiah, that, that word, he was a king who served other gods, right? Nebuchadnezzar was a king who was an evil king. So both of these kings were not of God. They were not born again, eh? Now, but the joy of the story is, if you continue on uh, verse 8, now, this to, so, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. Now, here's what I want you to take home from this chapter. God delivers a king who serves other gods to a king from a, but God works where people do not even worship him in this story because he knew there was a Daniel coming. Because he knew that you see, Jehoiah Nebuchadnezzar is not as probably, I'm, I'm trying to put myself in God's mind. So he's probably like, okay, Nebuchadnezzar can listen to me. Nebuchadnezzar might listen to Daniel. So let me deliver this one to this one so that my will can happen. And the next thing we see Daniel in the picture. And the next thing we see a child of God governing the city. Now let's look at Daniel verse 8. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food. So what happened in this story, Daniel is taken in, their names are changed. And their names, Daniel meant a a biblical name, but the new names they got, it were names that worshipped other gods. Now, that was a way of changing their identity, to lose their identity of who they were in Christ. But what I love is verse 8, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself. We've got to resolve. And we're going to be learning from this passage very quickly. We have got to dissolve and resolve in our hearts first. So before he even approached, he first resolved in his heart that he is not going to partake into the pattern of the world. And the pattern of the world was the food and wine. And then the, the verse says, and he asked the chief official not to defile himself this way. Now God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to him. Now, this is what happens when we choose to stand out. We have got to be bold and take courage and trust God. 
Because now what we see here in the story of Daniel, this is what happened. And now the Bible continues and it says, To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. Because these were people who allowed themselves, who were prepared to serve God. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. And the Bible says, verse 18, At the end of the time set by the king to bring him into his service, the chief official presented to Nebuchadnezzar. But by the time they were presented to the king, they were not like everyone else. There was something different about them. How I pray and wish that in our time, in your workspace, when you leave, they will say there was something different about you. We were debating in my workplace where they were saying, they were talking about our senior manager who has shouted at them in meetings. And I was shocked. I was like, are you talking about him? Because I've never seen him doing that into me. And they're like, what? I'm like, and it's not that I'm perfect. It's not like I do everything 100%. Sometimes I'm late. Thanks to my wife, baby, I love you. So, you know, <laughs> you know but, so, so, but he has never shouted at me. And I was shocked to realize that there's been times where our senior manager has lost his patience to other people. So what I'm trying to say, church, what God is telling us this morning, that may we be a people who when people look at us, they will say there's something different about you. And I choose to follow what you do. And I treat you this way because of that. May we not conform to the pattern of this world. The Bible says in, uh, in the last book, where, okay, I'm trying to follow here. Please bear with me. In the last slide, in the last slide. Okay, keep going. Thank you, A.V. There we go. If you seek answers, you won't find them. But if you seek God, the answers will find you. The secret church is going after God. And God is the word. Sometimes it's easy for us to seek for answers and sometimes we can hear our own answers. It's easy to hear your own answer. And it's easy to think that this is God. When it was not God, but it was you saying so. And I want to say to you this morning that may we go after God. And that is the only way we are going to change this nation. If we follow people, a new political party will start next month. Next year, a new political party will start. I'll actually start my own to prove that. Uh, it will, there will always be political parties. It will never end. But the word of God will always be true. And my encouragement this morning is that may we choose to follow the word of God. And I know it's not easy. And I know that many of us have got neighbors who are not like us and who test our patience. May those times be times where you are saying, Lord, please equip me to be able to stand this. Lord, please equip me. Some of you, some of us, we are, we, we, we see government or politics or race as our source of life. That I am nothing without this political party or I am nothing without this tribe. But we are nothing without God. When the Bible speaks in the Bible where it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all shall be added unto you. It doesn't say seek people. It doesn't say uh, seek political parties. It says seek me first and all shall be added unto you. And may we seek God 
and may we be added unto him. May he add unto us. The Bible says, if you meditate on this word, day and night, you will prosper. So our future is in the Bible. But we have got to be active on earth while we're still here. We cannot close windows and say, okay, no, it's in the Bible, we stay here. No, no, no. The word is sending us out to make a difference. And the nice thing about Christianity, it doesn't do as the world does. And the perfect example to show us this is Jesus. He was a king, but he walked. He didn't have a car. You understand? But he walked and he did not call kingship to him. And the Bible says, the greatest among you will be a servant. That's how being in the Bible functions. We serve and then God, God's glory is seen. Church, I'm done. May we stand as I close with this. Yeah, I'll call you just now. The last slide. Okay. Thank you. So, the third reality is, SA is not where we want it to be. And as we can see there, we may have political freedom, but we are still far from achieving economic freedom. It doesn't mean we are silent from these things. We are struggling through the wilderness. Eight million people in SA are HIV positive, and that is 20% of our population. Two out of five women will experience the horror of rape. Our murder rate is the fifth highest in the world. Poverty, unemployment, and broken households have crippled our communities. One in four households are food insecure in South Africa. One out of three students today do not know if they will have a square meal tomorrow. There is a life of suffering and deep trauma in SA. Life has just lost its value and a God-given dignity. As we follow the word, thank you, A.V., it does not mean that we are silent to what is happening around us. It does not mean that we have closed our eyes or ears. Yes, we see them. But as we see them, we decide to trust God and saying, Father, use me. Use me in my workplace. Use me in my marketplace. Use me where you've placed me. Use me in my school. Use me in that shopping mall. So that when people are negative, I speak peace. Even though what is happening is painful. Use me, Lord. And church, this is a call for us to repent. And I thank you that we've done that this morning. This is a call for us as a church to say, Father, I come before you and I repent. I now know the truth that you have presented before me. And I repent. And I pray that, Lord, between now and the 8th of May, and after May, 8th of May, may you work in my heart to align my thoughts with you. Amen, church. Thank you for this. Here we go. Can we give subs a hand? That was such a great word. Um, so, it's just one scripture that's really just screaming at me while subs is, is preaching. And it's where Jesus spoke to his disciples and he said, um, if any man wishes to come after me, let him pick up his cross and follow me. And, you know, we pick up a cross 
Why? Because we, we're going to go and die. <laughs> and the call to Christianity is a call to die to ourselves and to live for God and to live for God's vision. And, um, you know, we live in a country where uh, if you're black, you vote ANC. If you're white, you vote DA. If you're Indian, you vote minority front. If you're hardcore Zulu, you vote IFP. If you're hardcore Afrikaans, you vote VF. If you've had enough, but you can't vote for DA because you're black, you vote COPE, Ahang, or UDM. And if you're young and radical and you want to take things into your own hands, you vote for EFFPAC, Azanian People's Organization and Black Land Forum. You know, we, we've got all this like classifications in our society and, and it's so easy. That's, that is the pattern of this world. That is the pattern of this world. And I was just so challenged to say, you know what? I'm going to put my whiteness aside and I'm going to look at the Lord um, and I'm going to put my past aside and my, my biases and everything is, you know, whatever. I'm going to put that aside and Lord, you lead me and you guide me in this election. Amen. If you want, if you want to say the same, let's pray. Father, we pick up our crosses this morning and we choose to follow you. You are our leader. You are our king. And we exalt you in this place today. And so we pray, Lord, come and lead us, come and guide us as we go into this season. May we be peacemakers, Lord. May we be people who spread your love and joy in this country. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Wow. Come on. Thank you, Sobs. What a great word. Um. Thank you for tuning in. For more messages like these and other resources, you can visit our website at enderban.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons. Be blessed.